So, uh, Warbster, I'd just like to say that um, this episode is brought to you by the Kraken Black Spiced Rum. Yes, every time the um, terms parity or centre of gravity get uttered, uh, the sound engineer and I are going to take a shot. Yeah, this is going to be the shortest episode ever. We're going to die. Episode 23 of the Racing Cast, the Australian motor racing podcast with no parity problems whatsoever. Shot. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm the Warbster and joining me are the DSO. Good afternoon, everybody, or whatever time it is where you're listening. And the man with the highest blood alcohol level who has to go to work later, uh, Pierre Person slash the sound engineer. Hi, every one. You haven't even had a drink yet. (laughs) And lads, we're uh, four rounds in and the season has already taken a lot of shape. Don't even talk to me about the season. Well, we're about to spend (laughs) a lot of time talking about the season, so you might want to uh, get on board with this one. Yes, Supercars has uh, begun four rounds in. Uh, We're looking forward to Perth, the Super Night Race, which is actually being held on uh, Channel 10 now. Yes, it is, and um, I'm really glad that Channel 10 have taken up the reins and paid a bit of money to show it live to everybody, because I'm going to be there, Warbstar. Are you? I'm uh, catching the big silver bird over during the week. I'm lucky enough to uh, be doing a bit of spectating over at the Perth Super Night Race. Will you be saying hi to Garth? I'll be definitely saying hi to Garth. Quite possibly not the Garth everybody thinks we're talking about. Um, I need to... uh, Actually, Garth, uh, hit us up on the page, brother. Um, Need to check out a bit of Perth nightlife. Sound engineer, what's your highlight of the year been so far? Oh, definitely just the wheels. The wheels? The wheels. The The wheels wheels on the bus go round and round and then off. And then off. Wow. Wow. We'll talk about that more later, won't we, Warbster? Uh, Yes, we will. Uh, Your highlights so far this year, just a quick little um, one sentence. Uh, Anton. Same. God damn it. (laughs) You shouldn't have asked me first, should you? No, I shouldn't have. Anyway. Um, Actually, no, let's be realistic. The new Rick Kelly of supercars. Fabian Coulthard, the accumulator. Oh yes, right up at number set, number two in the points chase with only one win. Oh dear. <clears throat> so let's uh, start. Sounds start. like the title of a bad eighties movie. The, the accumulator. accumulator. No, it was two thousand. No, it doesn't matter. So Warbster, let's start at the start with the not Clipsal Clipsal five hundred. The uh, Superloop Adelaide five hundred. Thank oh, you. Oh, sorry, that's the um, that's the new sponsor. Nobody remembers. Mm. Scotty Mack. Uh, yes, he uh, nearly fell asleep on his way to two wins at Adelaide, absolutely owning the weekend. Well, you'd hope he wasn't asleep through turn eight like everyone else that crashed there. Uh, no, and he certainly wasn't asleep at the end of the race. He was instead doing this. Oh, 
Holden had absolutely nothing to respond with, but didn't require off-key singing. Uh, the How can you even respond to that? What? The off-key singing or yeah, nothing? The off-key singing. <laughs> well, you can't until you get to the second round, which was Albert Park, but you're getting ahead of us again, sound mm. engineer. Yeah, yes. And um, for the second year in a row, the P word... Mm. raised its head again I didn't mm. say it so we don't have to take a shot yep and uh, Ryan's story said they were fine on fuel yeah mm. yeah we're fine we're fine on fuel mm. we're cutting it really fine on mm. fuel yeah. <laughs> right uh, the main challenger to the DJR Team Penske Fords were the Tickford Fords uh, Cam Waters was probably can the best just, followed by Chas can you Monster. just um, instead of calling them Tickford Fords can we just call them the Tick Fords <laughs> just Tick <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give that um, I'll afford that to you a tick yes <laughs> Cam Waters was probably the best followed by your boy sound engineer yeah Chazzy Mostert uh, what are you going to do next year when he's driving for Roland oh well, hang, hang on hang on hang on we've already had this conversation yeah we have mm. uh, Chaz would have done better in Adelaide except for the massive pit miscue when he stopped in tight behind Fabs. Now, hang on, Warpster. Was just, then just... pulled back by the crew and accelerated into the fast lane that was occupied by Rick Kelly. Yeah, um, and Rick accumulated the... Uh, accumulated Chaz's car into the front of his... Sorry, yeah. massive pit miscue. Is that um, is that a kind way of saying cluster... F- yes. 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 Um, look, the whole thing was a really, really bad scene, but I suppose we do need to commend a few people. Yes. One Number one, Triple um, Eight crew for thinking on their feet and moving their gear quickly so the stacked up cars could get out one way or another. And a great big shout out to the Triple Eight crew. That's the first time they've moved a wheel successfully for about, you know, eight or nine months where it hasn't fallen off. Did they rehire Macca? Yeah, no, no, Macca's long gone. But Maybe uh, Macca could bring I think some... The, I think the front right's cursed. I don't think it was yeah. Macca's fault. I, oh, think, okay. uh, I think they ran over a black cat testing somewhere. He's got a family to feed. Number two... Okay, well, obviously, the next people that we've got to big, up, big ups to are uh, Rick and Chaz for publicly diffusing the media shitstorm as quickly as possible. When people are bringing up 2006 and accusing Rick of accelerating after contact on what is already a fucking dangerous piece of road during races anyway, it really is totally mindless. But me being the social media DSO... Um, DSO standing for, for those who need reminding... Yeah, dickhead, dickhead standards, standards officer. officer. So Thank if you. you're a dickhead yep. on social media, I know all about it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actively perusing social media non-stop. Hashtag Somi Watch. So, um, the third point? Yeah, number three. Craig Baird for handling the judicial aftermath, especially when Chaz reversed in the pit lane. Yeah, and look, that's a really interesting one. Um, normally, reversing in pit lane's a massive no-no, but Craig Baird as the, the DSO and David Stewart, who's the new IPO, Investigating Prosecuting Officer for Supercars after Michael Massey's departure. They handled it really well. There was some common sense one out in a supercars judicial decision. Mm. Yeah, those guys uh, combined with the supercar stewards did it really well. I think everyone's been pretty impressed and we're probably, I'm probably jumping ahead here, but I think everyone's been pretty impressed this year with just the consistency and the way in which um, the judicial process has been handled this year. It's been a lot better than in previous years. Yeah, I know from my mates at CAMS that... um, there's been some changes to some of the CAMS rules. The race meeting regs have uh, have had a bit of a tune-up. So mm. it, um, obviously that's 
fairly obvious in supercars so far this season and let's hope that has a trickle down for some consistency across all the other categories yes so um, an outbreak of common sense mm. in supercars judicial who'd have thought yeah i'm still barely believe it mm. don't, don't don't worry don't worry it'll end soon not in the judicial <laughs> but the common sense will end very quickly oh uh, yes we're heading to perth Okay, so... Albert Park. Uh, more of the same as we saw the premiere of... Parody Wars. The Rise of the Horses. Yeah, yeah. By six wins in a row, we found out that Yoko Ludo had the Millennium Mustang working pretty well. Scotty Mack was no longer hand solo against the Commodores. Darth Rollins was aghast at the defeat of the ZB Death Star, and the Force was with the Jedi of the Blue Oval. Young Padwan Waters is finally unleashing his doubtless powers, though he had trouble keeping it out of the back of Scotty Mack at one point, allowing Chaz to take that win. The Force definitely wasn't with Darth Gizminion, whose pod racer lost a wheel and then a transmission. Triple Eight said it was an engine. Right, so Triple Eight say a lot of things. Go back and watch the footage. When it's going nowhere and the motor's going, it certainly wasn't an engine. And that would have been one of those brand new bulletproof European transaxles. Mm. But I digress. Yes. So, Warbster, six Mm. straight wins after Albert Park. Uh, Yes, it was clear the good people of Ford Performance have been allowed to build an unfair flyer. And Supercars Crowd 10 cars of all makes for an in-depth inspection at the Kelly's Brayside shop. In the closest thing to a neutral location they could think of, complete with observers and guards, it became clear that the quote-unquote advantage was in centre of gravity. Hang well, on, what, 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 sorry. was sorry. then. The ce- so, so the advantage was the centre of gravity? Well, it was then, yeah. Right, yeah. okay, no problems. Um, so what you're telling so me for- is that ZBs are shit? 12 months ago they weren't 12 months ago they mm. won mm. 8 out of the first 10 races or some ridiculous number yep. um, so Ford had taken ZB's composite panels and raised them by building the best mousetrap yet Roland if you're listening you told everybody they needed to go and build a better mousetrap yeah they have this was all signed off by Triple Eight and Supercars but after the 1977-esque two round smackdown Holden was given it was only a matter of time, Warbster. Yes, um, supercars issued a technical change regarding centre of gravity, which affected the positioning of ballast in the Ultimate not at all, the ZB a little, and the Mustang a lot. Yeah, 26 kilos. Uh, yes. 26, in, 28 kilos. Yes, in the roof line. Into the roof line of the Mustang, and that's I think six or seven... That's a lovely way it's to put it's it, Sam Engineer. Thanks that's, very much. It's literally because the car is lower. Well, the car look can't be lower. But it is. No, no look no. at the roof line of a ZB compared to a Mustang. No, the roof line's exactly roof line's the same. Roof line's exactly the same. They have to, there, there is a template. Car of the future has a template. They have a minimum height. They have a maximum height. They have a minimum ride height. Mm. They have a minimum width. They have a minimum length. The A-pillar is taller on the ZB. Mm, okay. Okay. The thing here, though, is, though, is that everyone's saying, well, this is a lead trophy because they're winning too much. It's not actually additional weight. It's just repositioned weight. Mm. So let's, let's, shit, be, let's to make, be To make clear. them rock and roll a bit more. Well, yes, and let's be, let's be clear. There was a lot of opinion out there that said it was additional weight. It is not. It's moving around the existing ballast. Yes. So... Obviously, well, like all race cars, you have a minimum weight, 
Mm-hmm. Some categories that includes the driver, some it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a wet weight. So you've got all of your fluids except for fuel. So you have all of your engine fluids, but no fuel. That's your car weight. You try and build your car as light as you possibly can to within the rules, and then you ballast your car. Yeah, so you using, can weigh it where you want it. Yeah, you four-corner it, so you try and get it to sit neutrally at all four corners. You move the ballast around mm. where you need to. The problem was this ballast ended up being moved upwards because there was allegedly a centre of gravity advantage to the Mustang. Yes, and um, before oh, which shit. they could have they could have addressed this very early on in the pace, and in fact they should have addressed it when they actually did all the homologation testing. Lest we forget, um, I think it was last year or the year before. When oh, I saw the, what you did there at Anzac Day. The Altima, yes, it is. Um, the Altima got a whole bunch of lead, lead on the on the top of its engine mm. because the engine was too light. Yep. To me, this all just reeks of somebody not paying attention or they've just not thought of the rules and now they're just making shit up on the fly. So what it doesn't address is the real issue as to how Triple Eight have lost so much ground last year to this year. Aero? Nothing to do with aero. It was the mandating of single springs in the suspension, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Bull were the master of the multi-spring systems that and they could really refine the car behaviour with rebound and and bounce and all the other technical terms that I've got no idea what I'm using. But essentially, um, into, on and out of the corners, and at Adelaide Warbster and even at Albert Park, they looked lost. They looked lost. They they looked absolutely terrible. You could tell just by the way that sort of Jamie Winkup and um, Shane McGisberg were having to drive the things. They were just, they were on edge the entire race. They didn't look comfortable that they did as well as they did in Adelaide is indicative of how good they are as drivers because the car, the actual cars and the suspension was not even close. Yep, and look, and Erebus were in the same boat really early so far this season. Um, mm-hmm. They really got the twin spring system working um, the middle of 17, which is um, when they really started to vault forward. Mm-hmm. And Penske had a handle on them and used them extensively, but the whisper is that they changed to single springs towards the end of last year. Warbster, the development curve. Would that explain why Fabs looked bloody awful at times last year? So we talk about the mule. We talk about mm. Brighty. Historically, we talked about Brighty being a set-up mule. And I think we talk about someone else being a set-up mule a little bit later in this episode. When there are rule changes coming, sometimes it's worthwhile throwing some alternative changes to, uh, to, your, to your second car. Mm. In any case, the debate continued to rage into round three at Simmons which we'll get to after the... Tim. 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 So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. It's sexual, baby. And I want to give it all to you. Yeah, right on. I'm right here for you. I know it's going to be good to you. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, baby. If you want to be a superstar, if you want to be an uber star, even if you want to be a porn star, make sure you're seen in Trackstar. Trackstar Racewear. Yes, check out trackstar.com.au for a wide selection of hats, tees, hoodies, beanies and retro wear or hit up Hooli on social media or at hello at trackstar.com 
If you don't find him, he'll find you. So, if you're a talented race engineer with a specific knack for setting up a Miguel Formula Ford, contact Hooley at Trackstar. He'll gladly give you about five grand's worth of t-shirts for every second you can cut off his lap time. Welcome back to the Racing Cast, and it's great to have a new sponsor on board with uh, Trackstar Racewear. That's T-R-A-X-Star.com.au Racewear, and um, don't think you'll get anything for free because Hooley wouldn't shout if a shark bit him. <laughs> Righto, Warbster. Normal service pace-wise appeared to have resumed as Shane Van Gisbergen finally opened the Holden account with a total smashing of everyone during the Sunday race after Scotty Mack won on Saturday. Uh, yes, Triple Eight usually owns Simmons. Remember the one, two, three of last year. Mm-hmm. So it was just a blip, but it was much needed as Roland's army tries to peg back the gap. In any case, they were being helped by Charlie Forklift and Mark Winterbottom, who scored a pole on the Simmons weekend, having I'm, a very good weekend. I absolutely no idea where they pulled that one from. Um, and he's sort of started playing the old Lowndes Autobahn SVG-era techno data mule role. Well, if he's playing the data mule role, what are techno doing? Uh, oh, going backwards. Going, going backwards. Playing house music. Yes. Oh, oh, wow. Well, where'd you... All right, so speaking of techno, um, it's pretty clear the team's getting closer to the LDM zone and uh, Jack LeBrock's future is on borrowed time. Uh, strong rumour, all but done deal, is that Alex Rulo will take the drive after sticking a big bag of money in the passenger seat. Oh, my God. Rulo, what are you doing here? Oh, I heard you mention techno. Dude, sit down, have a chat. Come and talk to the Warbster and I. <laughs> nah, later, bitches. So, Triple Eight is seeking all of these different technical solutions. Have they considered fitting a polarizer? A polarizer? Yeah. Well, hang on. But that that'd be really hard these days because the unfortunate news in the last week or so, Warbster, that um, the father of the polarizer um, joined the driver of the polarizer cars. In the great racetrack in the sky. Uh, yes, Dr. Eric Dalko has uh, been reported as uh, passed away. I read somewhere that he's all gone, energy's all gone. Oh, God. God. <laughs> we don't speak ill of the dead. No, we don't speak ill We don't speak ill of the dead. Watch out for that tree. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So, um, yes, for, for Team Roland, the uh, Simmons win was a false dawn, as Shane Van Gisbergen himself predicted on the podium, mm. with Triple Eight taking an absolute stomping at round four of the uh, Virgin Australian Supercar Championship, the Phillip Island Super Sprint. And we'll get into the continuing litany of Team Roland's unforced errors, but to anyone who thought it was simply a case of centre of gravity, <laughs> were you ever wrong? And we have the numbers to prove it. So, we've got some lap times that were provided to us by uh, the number one head podcast fanboy, Declan, comparing last year to this year. So, sound engineer Scotty Mack took pole in 2018. What was his lap time? 129.5. Righto, in the Falcon. And in the Mustang? 129.23. So, he only gained a couple of tenths, two, two and a half tenths. 
Mm-hmm. Warbster, your boy. Rick Kelly? Uh, Rick Kelly was six with a 30.3. Yep. Uh, 2019 in the revised Aero Altima. Your other boy. Uh, Andre Heimgartner managed fourth Eight. with a 130.4. Yep. 0.14. Yep. Which so, is again a 0.16. Yep. So Kelly was sixth uh, with a 130.26. Well, I will point out that the Altima only really does work on two, possibly three tracks in the universe. Uh, Phillip Island's one of them. Winton's, Winton's the, the other, other one. And Hidden Valley... Um, they, yeah. they occasionally fluke um, but yeah. a top five. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But why? So, yeah, but because... The aero good? No. Uh, Fast, actually, yeah. Fastest, yeah. Far, but aero's not a factor at Winton, though. But it's their test track. Yeah, true. Fastest ZB last year was none other than my mate J-Dud. Uh, second with a 130.05. This year, Scotty Pye in eighth with a 130.48. Drop four tenths. Although, noting it's not a triple eight car, Van Gisbergen was right behind him. Wincup himself did a 31.25, a loss of 1.2 seconds. Righto. It's all numbers. It's all crap. How can triple eight be 1.2 seconds slower last year to this year when the only change to their car is six or seven kilos of ballast up into the roof line? And the springs. Ah, the twin spring single the single twin not twin single springs mm. right oh i think we're onto something here i can almost guarantee the zb was designed around multi springs and yes. the mustang wasn't because ford knew the change was coming now everyone's a bit i mean i've had a couple of people argue on the timelines in terms of did ford know that the single spring thing was coming or not Yes, they announced Everyone it at the known. end of last year, but that doesn't mean that was when it was first mooted. Well, it can't be mooted. It's the same thing as the change to the transaxle supplier. Um, they were testing them midway through last year. The, the, and I know for a fact from a friend of mine who works for a transaxle manufacturer in Victoria that isn't Albans, that... Uh, well, that narrows the, it down. It's, <laughs> it's a polite uh, way of saying Fitzner. Fitzner, Fitzner gearboxes it ha- or Moderna. It's, it's, it's one of them. Um, so uh, <laughs> I know for a fact that they were talking about the tender process, invitations to submit, etc., etc., more than 14 months out from the change. So Twin Springs doesn't just appear overnight. It's pretty Twin obvious. Single. So what everybody seems to forget is... The initial development phase for the ZB, mm. a wee Frenchman was still employed by Roland. Yes, and um, he's currently push-pushing the Mustang instead. Yeah. So, the Adrian Newey of V8 supercars. Absolutely. So would it not make more sense that the ZB was designed around multi-spring package, essentially what's now uh, a superseded arrangement, and has suffered for it, considering... The Holden teams, represented by Triple Eight, could have re-homologated their car to better suit a single spring, but chose not to. How's that anyone's fault? Warbster, I don't think they can re-homologate the car because essentially they're building it around a car of the future footprint um, or blueprint. And um, yes, but they can, they can do they can do stuff to it, like they can do aero stuff to it to actually mitigate the change, which I think is a lot of what um, Ford's been working on. I think the biggest problem is, and I'm pretty sure I said it in the last podcast, there ain't a lot of accurate. And I've spoke, spoken to a colleague of mine who is an ex-supercar driver who has been part of this. 
hanging some ribbons and strips off the back of cars and driving them at 200 k's an hour down a, a runway in East Sale is hardly aero testing. No, God no. I think everyone said that. I mean, Ryan Walkinshaw on um, Davey and Caruso's podcast said... Get wind tunnel. Well, well, that's yeah, good, pretty yeah, much good, what he said, yeah. Good, good, good point. Mm. Good point there, uh, sound engineer. Mm. That's, um, I think, we've all really keen. Mm. Yeah? And how does that excuse Triple Eight in making so many mistakes? Well, yes, let's dig down on that. Sandown last year was the last time Triple Eight remotely looked like Triple Eight. So let's, so, ha- let's have a look at what's happened since. Oh, 2018, sound engineer. Yeah, 2018. Bathurst, Dumbrell loses a wheel. Hello, darkness, my old friend. And ruins the number one car's chance of winning. Gold Coast. Yep. Both Red Bull cars are released unsafely during the Saturday race and given PLPs. So that's very unprofessional. Mm, very untriple Of the most professional team. Professional. In, in the paddock. Inverted commas. Yeah. Mm. Poopster. Pukakoi, uh, the uh, number 97 cars uh, spinning wheel furor and SVG's parking antics. Neither were penalised, but it did them no favours otherwise. Indeed. Jump forward to Newcastle last year. Number 97's dropped off its jacks uh, with the air nozzle still in on the Saturday and loses Shane Van Gisbergen in the championship. Then mm. we head into this year. And we head into this year. Sound engineer, Adelaide? Yeah, Adelaide. Red Bull were destroyed on pace and lucky to escape with the podiums they did after Scotty Mack waltzed off into the distance. Yep, Warbster. Round two, Albert Park. Shane Van Gisbergen loses a wheel and a transaxle in consecutive races. No, I'm sure it was an engine. <clears throat> Simmons, Wing Cup goes off twice in the weekend and ruins his weekend. Um, absolutely all at sea. No, he just he was out breaking himself everywhere, which is either the thing's not sticking when he needs it to stick, or he's overdriving it trying to compensate for something. Um, and Phillip Island, well, Wing Cup lost another wheel, but the most telling thing for Phillip Island is they were... They were chasing setup midway through mm. ten-minute qualifying sessions. They're, they're doing wing angle changes in the middle of qualifying. I mean, that's um, that's testing work. That's 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 super two um, mm. mid-pack team. They were. It's like they were they were chasing a setup that they had no they're idea how to get throwing to. Throwing you know what at the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Not David. Yeah, and um, trying to see what sticks now. Roland Dane has spoken a fair bit about parody. Well, I'll say a bit more if you introduce me. Roland Dane, thank you for your time. It's a great pleasure, Warps, to thank you. Uh, this car that was involved in the incident at Phillip Island the other week. Uh, you mean the one where the wheel fell off? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not very typical. I like to make that point. Well, how is it untypical? Well, there's lots of things, these supercars going all around the track, around the world all the time. And very seldom does anything like this happen. I just don't want people thinking that supercars aren't safe. Well, was this supercar safe? Well, I was thinking more about all the other ones on the track. Oh, the, the ones that are safe? Oh, yeah, the ones that the wheel doesn't fall off. Well, if this wasn't safe, why did it leave pit lane? I'm not saying it wasn't safe. It's just perhaps not quite as safe as uh, some of the other ones. Why? Well, some of them are built so the wheel doesn't fall off, Forbster. Well, wasn't this one built so the wheel wouldn't fall off? Obviously not. How do you know? Well, the wheel fell off, and 50,000 people saw J-Dud coming in on the end of a tow rope. It's a bit of a giveaway. I'd just like to make a point, though, Warbster, that it's not normal. Well, what sort of standards are these supercars built to? Oh, Warbster, um, you should know that. Very rigorous, extremely rigorous motorsport engineering standards. What sort of things? Number one, the wheels aren't supposed to fall off. And what other things? 
all these regulations governing materials that, you know, these cars can be made out of. What materials? Well, cardboard's out. And? Well, no cardboard derivatives. Like paper? No paper, no string, no sellotape. Larry Perkins' plywood's definitely out these days. Uh, rubber? Uh, no, rubber's out. Um, and they've got to have a, a steering wheel. Um, and then there's a, a minimum crew requirement. What's the minimum crew? One, driving the fucking thing. So the allegations that they are just designed to be as equal as possible and to hell with the consequences, I mean, that's ludicrous. Ludicrous? It's absolutely ludicrous, Warbster. They are very, very strong wheel nuts. So what happened in this case? Are you fucking blind? The wheel fell off in this case, by all means. But it's very unusual. It's It's not happened before. But Roland Dane, why did the wheel fall off? I think a curb hit it. A curb hit it? A wheel hit the curb. Is that unusual? Oh, absolutely unusual, Warbster. On a racetrack, one in a million chance. So, what do you do to protect the other drivers in cases like this? Well, clearly, after the wheel fell off, the car got towed outside the environment. Into another environment? No, 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 no. It's been towed beyond the environment. It's not in the actual race environment. Yes, but from one environment to another environment? No, 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 it's beyond the environment, so it's not in an environment. It's been towed beyond the environment. Well, what's out there? Well, nothing's out there. Well, there must be something out there. Davy Reynolds is out there. Have you spoken to him lately? That's true. There's nothing out there. All there is out there is some tarmac, those fucking geese, uh, and... And? And the remains of an ab... And, uh, and, 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 a, br- and a brake disc. And what else? An abandoned supercar. And anything else? And what's left of the wheel that fell off? It, it hit the armco. Lucky it never went over the fence. Roland. But there's nothing else out there. Roland Dane, thanks for joining us. It's a complete void, Warbster. Yeah, we're out of time. Now, you don't understand. The environment oh, is completely safe. Oh, did you say we're out of time? Yep. Can you book me a cab? Hang on, well, didn't you come in a company car? Yeah, I did, but... Uh, what happened? The wheel fell off. Welcome back to the Racing Cast, where we only rip off the greats. Yes, uh, Warbster, sensational work on the script there, taken from the great Clark and Dor from... Uh, when the front fell off. When the front fell off. So guys, before we get to Perth, um, Ford have had their wings clipped with a now and aero change. Um, I don't know how supercars is to win in any of this, given the parody nature of the formula sure. and the very unparody results. Um, the fans don't understand mid-season rule changes. Social media doesn't help, and neither does the years of Triple Eight domination and just the enmity towards well, J Dub and Roland, especially, yep. which presents a path of lower resistance. So you can guess where most of the sentiment has gone. Yep. So look, we're not going to throw petrol on the fire because um, that'd be dangerous, and we don't do anything dangerous on the podcast. <clears throat> Right, what's the right answer and how would you go about it, Warbster? I'd leave it where it is for the rest of this year and test them properly at the end of the year. You've got no other recourse really unless you want... When you start making rule changes on the fly... Now, anyone who remembers the late Group C era, and there's probably not many of us left... Mm. Uh, well, not many. I know I don't. Left. Big bang of V8s. Big mm. bang of V8s. Politics everywhere. Mad. I, the 1983 13B engine <sighs> saga. Yeah. Which, yep. which was just the probably one of the nastiest political occurrences in the history of Australian racing. Pretty much. 
you're basically going back down that path again where everyone's asking for freedoms and restrictions for others in order to even up a racing. Was a set of rules would fix it. Well, the set of rules are there. I think that the problem you have, and I'll, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna roll into good mare and ugly in a minute, and I don't wanna, I don't want to uh, ruin my ugly, but I think that um, things just need to be left as they are. The social media bleating clearly has an influence on the rule makers, in my humble opinion. Yep. People just need to understand that that you go out and you do better. Mm. Um, as Roland said so famously last year after their initial domination with the, the ZB that uh, mm. everybody needs to go out and you know build a better mousetrap. Well, they have and you've been caught in it, Roland. I think actually the most sensible commentary has probably come from Ryan Walkinshaw. Who... Well, we, oh, wait, <laughs> hang on. Yeah, I can't believe that either. Come still, on, but... sorry. What does uh, Soccer Team Boy have to say for himself? He basically says, well, the rules are flawed. Ford built the best car possible to the rules and maybe we just have to wear it for the good of the sport. Wait till the end of the year before we play with the rules again. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Sam, now, he, he's, probably, he's probably doing a bit of... Um, a bit of future-proofing himself in case the Camaro does go ahead because uh, the Camaro will have to face the same sort of procedure the Mustang has. Um, and the more consistent and well-grounded the rules are, the less money it's going to cost him. Absolutely. Also. So you, you've watched a few races. Because the Camaro will smash a ZB. Well, hang on. You've, you've watched a few races this year, Sound Engineer, for the first time in ever. You're fine. What do you reckon? What what, do I what's, reckon? what's your thought on the rules changes? It's fucking bullshit. It's what it is. Right. <laughs> Oh, well, it's could fucking, be. I'm glad it's, we. I'm glad I asked you for a decisive answer rather than a pure person who'd have no idea. It's Roland Dane pissing and moaning about the fact that he's not winning. Well, mm. it's not. Yes. Roland Dane is not supercars. Roland Dane is not Holden. Roland Dane runs the team that Holden employ. Own partly owns the team that Holden employ to build and homologate and build their car. There are. More Holdens than Fords in that grid, and Roland only owns and runs two of them. So I need everybody to just pull their head in a little bit. It's not just Roland. Stop believing what you read in social media. Written, spoken, and authorised by the social media DSO. There are perfectly reputable Facebook pages that are full of shit. Just look at ours. (laughs) <laughs> wow. thought you were going to tee off at me on my own for a minute there. No, no, no. So to round out our coverage of the Adelaide 500, the Grand Prix, spelt P-R-I-C-K-S, Simmons <coughs> Plains and the Piss Round, that's the Phillip Island, Island Super, Super Sprint. Sprint. We're going to rejig an old-fashioned favourite. And I want to know, gentlemen, you're good, you're mare, and you're ugly for the first four rounds of the year, kicking off with Sound Engineer. Yeah, all right. So, to start off, I'll go with my my good. would yeah. have to be Tickford as a whole, but particularly Waters. And? And, and obviously Chaz, oh but, but Waters. Wow. Jeez, here wow. we go. i tell you what, dude, how hard was that for you to write? Hey, Come I on. said Waters first. Yeah, right. righto. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> All right, my mayor. Yeah. Erebus. Right. Mm. They, okay. could be, they could be okay. better. They could be better. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no problems. Mm-hmm. And any other mayor? Nah, we'll leave the other mayor. Oh, right, eh? I have yep. a feeling someone else will pick up on Okay, yep. Am uh, I ugly? Yep. Would have to be pit management. Pit management? Yep. By everyone. Yeah. But especially AAA. Okay, that's interesting. Warbster? Well, you look at the unsafe releases oh. and the and the wheels falling off. Good point. Warbster? Uh, my goods. Um, Brad Jones Racing. 
Mm. Um, okay, Maka wrote one off, but that wasn't his fault. It was a brake failure. Yep. Um, the other two have looked amazing at times. Certainly the best of the um, Holden fraternity. Virtual front row lockout after the Mustangs in front decided not to participate slash hit each other. Yes. In uh, at Albert Park. Yep. I doubt they could afford to go down the multi-spring rabbit hole and are possibly ahead for it now. Tickford, I agree with... Um, the sound engineer here seems to have refound their groove with the Mustang, although whether this lasts is to be seen. And uh, my final good is DJR Tempensky only lost two races this year. Enough said. Mayor Erebus in the post Mustang and single spring shuffle. Erebus has gone backwards nearly as fast as Triple Eight did. They are starting to recover, but for someone who was supposed to be a capital C contender, they can't really say they've gotten everything they could out of this year. Dave needs to move fast if the championship run is on the cards. Anton has been up and down so too. For them, the season started in Phillip Island, effectively. But it kind of always does. My my other mare is uh, Kelly Racing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The artist formerly known as Nissan Motorsports will probably reside here for the year. Old car, orphan program, and needs bulk cash to do anything. Mm. They'll do okay in Winton, like always, but beyond that, I hope Rod and Todd are working double time on their Korean lessons. Yep. Uh, Andre's <laughs> podium has saved them more ire. And you're ugly? Ugly. Triple eight, funnily enough. No. Uh, well, I say the wheels fell off when things go bad, but in this case, it has actually happened twice. Mm-hmm. It seems like another round, another triple eight own goal in the streak, which goes back to Sandown, as we went through before. Yep. Um, add to that, their cars have looked absolutely horrible on single springs, and the battle against Penske just starts to look incredibly unequal. Yep. My next ugly is Waters and Scotty Mack hitting each other on the outlap. Yeah, that was that pretty, was that was pretty damn dumb, bizarre. Yep. And my final ugly is Holdsworth and Richie at Albert Park. Yeah, not uh, not clever and not not a good look at all. Mm-hmm. My good, well, probably you guys have covered off a lot of them, but I'd say Scotty Mack is just driving the absolute doors off that thing. Um, yes, it's um, the best <laughs> mouse trap out there, but okay. he's, Scotty Mack is driving really really well. His confidence is up. And you can see that he's on a high. Okay, question without notice. Sure. If Scotty Mack was still in the Falcon, would yeah. he be winning? But absolutely. Would he Second question. Abs- absolutely. He would, he would. The way he drove the Falcon through the end of last year, um, he's carrying the confidence of a championship winner, and we've seen that. Hmm. He's carrying the confidence of a bloke who's won a championship in a very good car. Hmm. That's exactly what happened with Triple Eight. It didn't happen with Winterbottom at FPR because Frosty's championship in 2015, he, they, they didn't carry any momentum. Mm. And of course, we, we, the other, before that, the last AAA championship was James Courtney with DJR and that, that team was blown up at the end of that year. Correct. Yep. I've Sorry, got another a, question. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For Roland Dane specifically, what is a mousetrap? Google build a better mousetrap. I'm going to jump to ugly because it parallels with a good. Russell Ingle? No. <laughs> Let's not talk about Russell. Barry Ryan giving Anton Di Pasquale yes. a public slap at Adelaide about that. was absolutely ugly. What I will now say, after his qualifying performances and his race performance at Phillip Island, perhaps it was just what Anton needed because he's mm. turned his performance around mm. and... I um, Anton's beginning to make Dave look ordinary. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I those of you that follow my page would see the uh, the bit of really really horrible photoshopping uh, in the meme that I made 
with Barry Ryan being a bus driver. I think even Barry himself chimed in with a comment on a share. It's been a good thing as well. So Scotty Mack, Anton's qualifying results and his podium at Phillip Island um, has been the shining light in a pretty average Erebus four rounds in. Well, I'd say um, Holden in general, to be honest. My mare, Boost Mobile, I mean, seriously. They, they are getting the results they deserve, unfortunately, with the drivers. They've got a shining light in that. Golding's destroying Jim- Stanaway. Yeah, no, no Jimmy, Jimmy Golding qualifying, coming through qualifying at Phillip Island before the top 10 yes. in fourth. Yes, So Jimmy, Jimmy Golding coming in at fourth before the final 10 qualifying session for the second race at the and island. Great just, work. He's destroying Stanaway he's destroying in general, Stanaway which, which we kind of we, figured was going to happen. Which is but. just sensational. Um, you, you've touched on it. The two slow Datsuns. You've got two fast Datsuns and two slow Datsuns. And the slow Datsuns are just wallowing around. Your boy Gary Jacobson is in the dunger. And Simona is just killing time, collecting paychecks till yeah, she departs yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah. I think the thing with... Um, Gary... Jacobson, as much as I love the fact that he was in the main series, like yep. he literally, like, it's like Russian roulette. You've basically just given him the gun, and it's only a matter of time until he shoots himself. Because when's the fourth Nissan ever been any good? My final ugly mm-hmm. is supercars being driven by a marketing division, not a sporting division, and continually trying to nobble the successful cars by in season rule changes. Supercars. You will lose fans, and there's a category coming which are racing the cars that you and me can go and buy off the showroom, and they might just make a difference. So having finished the silly season for the year, we're already looking at 2020, which has lots of question marks for the top end of the field with Triple Eight and the second Penske seat all up for grabs. So it's time to look at our next entrant in... Wheel of Fortune! Yes, that's right. Australia's favourite game show is back. Could somebody win the main prize? A new car? Yes, Roland and Roger have each donated cars which you can win the championship with. And now over to our host, the DSO. Welcome to Top Drive Wheel of Fortune. Now, let's meet our second contestant, Jamie. Jamie Wincup, J-Dud, the GOAT, Winch Cup, call him what you will. The seven-time champ has been eclipsed in his own team and has had another horrible start to the year. While his past is well documented, his future can't go on forever. Having an ownership stake in Triple Eight might help, but being over 35 doesn't. How long does Cappy have? And does he want to stick around? Warbstar. Well, I guess that depends upon depends on a few outside influences. Um, most importantly, what happens to Triple Eight, given that both of their drivers are out of contract, Red Bull's out of contract, and Holden is out of contract at the end of this year. And we'll save that for later. Yep. But Cappy himself, um, he said he doesn't want to go on forever. He's sort of hint at, hinting at it more and more and more as time goes by that he might not be around forever. But does that mean one year or three years? Well, that's kind of the question is, does he give it up? And if he does give it up, what happens afterwards? Because you've got to make sure if you're replacing a Jamie Wincup and a sponsor like Red Bull especially is going to want a marquee driver. 
Or Ted Austin. And I'm calling. Tommy Reynolds. Sorry, just throwing three at you that are all out of contract at the end of the year. Uh, well, I think probably David Reynolds is going to stay with Erebus, but the other two might. Uh, with his auntie. Uh, Aunt, Aunt Betty. Aunt Betty. Betty. Aunt, no, but Aunt, um, Aunt Betty bakes but we'll, we'll, cakes. we'll go after. We'll, we'll go. We'll go with them in, in another uh, edition of this. But in any case, um, it really depends upon how they want to go about the succession plan, what Jamie himself wants to do, and what's going to happen with Triple Eight long term. Mm. Um, Roland Dane, we believe, is down to a fifty-five percent shareholding. Oh, sorry, Roland Dane only owns fifty-five percent of Triple Eight. Uh, yes, he Still does. Still majority shares. Mm. Interesting. Yes, um, 15% is owned by um, Jamie Wincup, who bought in last year. Yep. And the other 30%, well, it's around 30%, we don't know the exact number, is split between uh, Paul Dumbrell, Tim Miles, and Trinette Shippicky. Hmm. Um, I hear that there might be some more of Triple Eight up for sale, Warbster. Can I buy a share? Yes. Uh, do you want to go into that now or do you want to go into it later? No, no. I'm just saying, while we're talking about Triple Eight ownership, okay. I'm just saying, I'm putting it on record here in episode 23 yep. on the 25th of April 2019 that there may be some more of Triple Eight up for sale. Okay. All right. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. It's called a timestamp. Yes, it is. So, I guess, um, yeah, with, with um, Jamie Wincup, we don't know what's going to happen. There are outside influences. If Roland Dane wants a succession plan, now's the obvious point to do it. Yeah, look, and we've touched on, do, you know, does Roland pick up a third wreck? Um, we've touched on, does um, does Roger pick up a third wreck? Mm-hmm. There, there's, lots of, there's lots and lots of things happening. Um, between episodes, between the last episode, Warbster, and now... Um, I've heard that the uh, the Mildura cash bucket is very, very looking very, very empty. You know, we keep talking about Kelly's handing them back. I've heard a few stories about Kelly's that aren't, uh, aren't doesn't bode too well for the future. And I think they've even said that they uh, are too far into this season to look at a new car for next year. Mm. So you know they're essentially going to be stuck with the Datsuns or running custom or something or others. Yeah, which uh, means probably uh, their Korean lessons might have gone to waste. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's not looking too flash. I mean, the problem at Jamie the moment. Winkle, the problem at the moment with the Datsuns is they don't have any stinger in their tail. <laughs> boom boom. But any, anyway, back to back Jay to Dad. back 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 to Jamie Wincup. Um, future's reasonably open ended. If they want a succession plan to go forward, now's the time. Yep. And they've got two very good drivers that they could do with that succession plan available in um, two, um, Anton Di Pasquale and your boy Chaz. Yep. And um, what Roland wants to do at this point remains to be seen because um, obviously we know some things that we're not going to talk about. We might touch on it later. <clears throat> might even come Alrighty. So, I think I can hear Tim... So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. Hi, I'm Dotto. Are you looking for a job in the racing industry? Then have I got an opportunity for you. If you can change your wheel nut and do up the wheel tight enough that it won't fall off, you may have a new position available at the Triple Eight race team. Dotto, get in my office! I'm coming, Roland. I'm doing this bloody hard. 
What is that? The one for the tire changes that aren't shit. Oh, you mean the recruitment campaign so we can fuck off all these idiots? Yeah, that one. Oh, sorry, go again, sorry. Anyway, as I was saying, we do need some new tire changes, and we'd like them to be honest, reliable, punctual, and actually fit the tire properly. Supplicants, not welcome. Sorry, Maka. If you want to work in supercars, come find me. Just email Dutton at not888racingineering.com.au Welcome back to the racing cast and um, well we've gone this far without uh, mentioning the most important news of all. What news would that be, Wolfster? I'm back in motor racing, bitches. <laughs> Wait, you're back in the motor racing, bitches? Oh yeah, well that too. Uh, <laughs> yes, the real Wolfster. Wow. Is... <laughs> yes, the real Wolfster is back in motor racing as a non-executive director of Australian Racing Group, the company that owns and operates TCR Australia and S5000. It is fair to say that my alter ego has a bit of unfinished business in motor racing, given his departure from supercars was in part due to a remuneration dispute with the supercars owner for now Archer Capital alright now so we just um, we've got a bit of a, a hook on that one Warbster I, I heard that he went to the board when his contract was up for renewal and threw a number up and a number of board members said he's not worth it mm-hmm. and you or your alter ego took your bat and ball and pissed off because you were pissed off fair enough yeah it's what it is I mean, look at look at what happened to the series since, and tell me who was right. Mm, wow! <laughs> wow. How, how many cars? <laughs> dropping some bombs, mate. Yeah, <laughs> dropping bombs. How, how many cars these days? Yeah, uh, well, less, yeah. less than there yeah. was. Thank you. Dropping them bombs. Thank you. Right, I will so, start. Well, it may all be water under the bridge on the surface. I do wonder if it's all waters into the back of Scotty Mac underneath. Oh. <laughs> so, to close observers, this isn't a total shock. As we did hear a whisper that uh, the Warbster, the, sorry, the other one, War, Warburton, the real one, was in attendance at the S5000 launch late last year, and he's definitely the safe pair of hands a media partner like SBS would like on the scene. His inclusion in the mix with TCR and S5000 also gives us shed loads of material going forward, so I'm all in favour. But what do you both think? Warbster? Fake Warbster. Over to you. I think uh, there's unfinished business there, certainly. Mm. Um, I think that it's a good move for ARG to take him on in any sort of role because, remember, he's the one who stitched together the Foxtel deal. He's the one who took supercars to the furthest it's ever been. Well, and everyone seems to forget, and we've covered this just so many times, the team owners were getting nothing. There was no money. They were they, it, The series was on its ass. It was broke. Foxtel, the Foxtel deal brokered by the real Warbster is what has saved supercars. Absolutely. It's also what's flourished a lot of other racing around it. Mm. You wouldn't see Bathurst twelve hour how it is now without him. Yeah, good point. He was on he was on board when they took that when they bought that off James O'Brien, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good work being done there. Um in terms of whether I mean bottom line, I don't think that um TCR S S five thousand or any of that's gonna take over and be bigger than supercars tomorrow. Absolutely. But everything has to start from somewhere and Warburton's the type of guy who likes a challenge. But it does bring us to business and things that are up for sale. Like supercars? 
Thanks, Pierre. Thanks, Pierre. Uh, yes, last year it was announced that Peter Wiggs, private equity legend, was retiring and Archer Capital would not be seeking further capital. Further, the existing investment tranches would be wound up. Archer properties such as Red Rooster and Supercars will be sold in the next three to five years to complete that process. So, the series is up for grabs and most of the team that made Supercars its most successful are working in various roles for Australian Racing Group. Wasn't one of them responsible for Super Utes? We don't know anything, and this is purely hypothetical, but another equity fund using ARG to take over supercars is an interesting prospect, isn't it? Then again, he isn't the only one eyeing off the family jewellery, is he, dear so? No, he's not. As I've hinted on my page, I have fairly credible information that there's a consortium of three. One being somebody heavily involved in supercars, an Australian. One being another Australian heavily involved in the... uh, Australian motorsport industry and a third one an professional international driver from Asia who's loaded who's absolutely loaded so there's a there's something that ties all of those three together and I might be able to say more in the next podcast but at this stage I can't say who uh, because I just can't say who fairly obvious why we'll leave it at that one I think for now fellas where are you off to sound engineer Oh, sorry guys, I've got to go. I've got a doctor's appointment. No, that's right, you do too. On on Anzac Day? Let me get this straight, sound engineer. Yeah. You're off to meet with the supercars doctor. You do that. What the fuck? What the the hell? Why is he going to see the supercars doctor? (sighs) Well, I can't really say too much. He's out of the room now. He's, um, He's got to go and have some checks done. Apparently his center of gravity is too low. And that gives this podcast an unfair advantage to all the other motorsport podcasts in Australia. And yes, ladies, he's single. TCR, Warbster. TCR. All right. However dismissive we've been of TCR, they seem to keep pulling rabbits out of the hat. And they do have the vital ingredient of free-to-air coverage. Okay, it's SBS and they're not getting supercars money for it, but it's a start when other racing series rely on online streaming or paying through the nose to be on supercars support bills. Mm. We're talking about... Oh, we're three weeks out now. 14 car field confirmed. Well, actually... I think 16 now. There's, there's eight, there'll be 18 cars. And I'm also led to believe that ARG are very keen to have every single seat filled and every car out there. Well, yeah, that would be. <clears throat> there is one slight problem in all this. The cars aren't all here yet. Oh. But all they essentially need is uh, some tyres, some fluids... And off they go. The brand new ones are already shaken down. Um, They're essentially turnkey ready to run. We can say 18 cars and people can poo-poo and I keep hearing all of this crap, people quoting ridiculous statements from 20-something years ago about, you know, only juice comes in, only milk and juice comes in two-litre bottles. and Don't, 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 don't. You make the podcast chaplain cry. Podcast chaplain. Hi, Mr. J. And, you know, and and Alan Jones' supposed comment about, you know, the crowd know each other by first-name basis. And, okay, let's get this straight. TCR are the cars that you, me, them, everybody... No, I won't do another Blues Brothers reference. They're the cars that you and I can buy in the showroom yes in terms of a competitor brand new ones around 200,000 Australian Hyundai's are the dearest about 220 there's some 12 month old cars about 130 140 plus shipping that's really really cheap compared uh, to well, we're looking a, at half a mil for 
there's not much it, under, a bit a bit under 400 mm. plus shipping for a career for a brand new career cup car mm. and let's not even talk about what um what a second hand car of the future for for super two mm. is mm. the other challenge that everybody seems to, and and got some got some good feedback this morning about 200 220 to run a car for the year if you want to lease a car and run it mm. so we've already talked about <clears throat> brad jones racing and matt white about 300 grand to run five rounds of Super 3 plus damage. Mm. Um, the other challenge with Super 3 at the moment is there ain't no bits. So if you have a big hit in the front, you've got to refabricate front wishbones. There's yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff has to happen. Yeah. Um, Whereas you know, with, T- with TCR, they're just basically a production line. They're essentially a production-based car. Suspension is really easy. So they're cheaper, about 220 grand to run the full series of seven rounds. You've got Kelly Racing. You've got Gary Rogers. You've got Wall Racing. You've got... Jason Bright's back. Jason Bright's back with a couple of second-hand... Uh, Volkswagen. Uh, Volkswagen's, a couple of Golfs. We know the makes, Subaru, Opel, Alfa, Renault, Hyundai, Honda. Renault. So, so let's... Yeah, um, rusty old French cars. Rusty old French cars, yeah. Yep. Uh, don't, so, don't mention Dan Ricardo. No. GRM have got Chris Pither on board and have announced this morning Moff in their second Renault. Yep. Um, Tony, Del, Tony Delberto and John Martin um, driving the Civics for the walls. Uh, Jason Bright, as we said just before, is back with the two-car Volkswagen Golf team. Yep. Uh, team Trady. Yep. Not sure how many Tradies drive Volkswagen Golfs, but it's just... You would be surprised how many cashed up, mm. young cashed up tradies drive GTIs. They they don't all drive Utes. Okay. And this is the whole point. Well, there's more Utes. There's more TCRs than Utes. I think the important thing is that uh, well, Nathan Morecambe um, is in one of the HMO Hyundai's. Molly um, Taylor. Molly Taylor, perhaps. Some say yes, some say no uh, with regard to a Subaru. The important thing is it's another category. It's not out to topple supercars. It will complement supercars. They will get crowds. They will be There will be a lot of interest in it because it's close racing by the nature of the category and there won't be contrived compulsory pit stops. There won't be all the nonsense of supercars. It'll just be get out and race. I'm pretty sure uh, hearing some whispers Yesterday and today, I've been chasing a fair bit down for the podcast. Don't be surprised if you see Chelsea Angelo in a car. Uh, I've got nothing concrete there, but there are some people working. She obviously will need to find a budget, but if uh, if they can get us, if they can get her a budget, every car will be full, and it'll be interesting to see who they all are. Currently, we're christening at the co-drivers cup because there are a lot of them are, <laughs> a lot of them are supercar supercars co-drivers but um uh, yep quite a few of them yeah um, a lot of the hang on pitha jimmy morph uh, there's a lot of xgrm guys here yeah a lot of xgrm guys there yeah. they're not going to declare war on supercars but with your alter ego warbster getting involved manufacturers help to a varying degree it will be really interesting to see how it plays out yes i think they will become a very serious player just because when you talk about hatchback racing, a lot of marketing departments look upon that a lot more favorably than they would the more sort of grunty V8 performance, partly because it's a different marketing niche and partly because hatchbacks are what the manufacturers actually sell and actually want to sell. Yep, and that's what people are buying. That's that's what's in the car park at a supercars event, mm. as are the most hated form of racing in Australia at the moment, twin cab diesel trader utes. Mm. That's what's in the car park at a supercars event. I thought you were going to say HQs, but yeah. Okay. Meh, no, <laughs> they're all on blocks in Grandpa's shed. I think I can hear Tim. 
So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. Anytime, anywhere, one three cabs will get you there. Anytime, anywhere, one three cabs will get you there. G'day folks, it's Phoebe and Coulthard from the one three fabs supercar taxi service. You might notice that I'm currently sitting second in the championship bro. That's because after four rounds, I was taking the advice of my bro, Jakey the Mus. Too much weights, not enough speed work. The biggest problem I've got for the Mustang Supercar Taxi in 2019 bro, is a different kind of center of gravity problem. I can't fit none of these big fat coconuts in the back seat bro. Whoa, bro, I'm not gonna fit in the back of this thing bro, it's tiny. Bro. I gotta move the seat forward to get in the ba- Dude, there's no way I'm fitting through that gap, eh, bro? It's alright, bro, bro, bro. Take your chill pill. You're too fat for my race car anyway. I'll call you an Uber. Eh, cuz? So when you need to get somewhere faster, don't forget, call one free Fabs Mustang Supercar Taxis, bro. Because we're gonna win the championship even if Roland keeps getting the rules changed. Eh, cop that, bro. Anytime, anywhere. One three cabs will get you there. One three fabs, hey? Poor fat bastard can't get out of it. <laughs> yes. Alrighty, welcome back to the racing cast where we apologise for factual errors and let's follow up on the Aussie driver search lowdown from last episode. Lobster. Uh, well, I can say that we were long, wrong about a lot of things we had ventured or had very tenuous grounds for saying. Um, I then published another ADS story on the Racing Insiders Facebook page. Uh, quick plug www.facebook.com backslash racing insiders thank you specifically it was understood from my source that legal action was to be initiated between matt powers with matt stone against aussie driver search after the super 2 prize turned into two years in super 3 i shortcutted my usual checks and got it completely wrong a few hours later i was contacted by someone who knows all about ads who would that have been morbster Given my primary interest in the truth, I was happy to hear from Kyle Austin, boss man, founder, and general domo of Aussie Driver Search. Uh, we have agreed that us discussing the issues is the best way forward to give you all the correct information, and he was very kind with his time. The legal action allegation was refuted absolutely by Mr. Austin and subsequently by Matt Powers himself. That Powers then showed up at Phillip Island to race in the first round of Super 3 showed how wrong this was. Mr. Austin and I then discussed the financial numbers we asserted in episode 22, which he again rejected the accuracy of. This is fair enough given it was only a projection based on educated guesses on what information is public. It was hardly a forensic investigation and in no way intentionally presented in abs- as absolute fact. So what are the real financial numbers? Uh, not being Mr. Austin, his accountant, his legal counsel or a tax office official, we are not obliged to know that, so uh, Pierre... To be honest, mate, we've got no fucking idea. Mr. Austin was also kind enough to clarify the insurance situation that many have questioned should the worst happen to a car being raced. The type of insurance really needed is impossible to get, and while, yes, the excess on the Audi is a lot of money, it's a bloody expensive car to begin with. Bottom line is that I believe Mr. Austin's team has done a lot of work on providing the best coverage possible. Anyone with questions should read the fine print and ask questions before signing on. Knowledge is power. 
So the question on everybody's lips warbs to what did uh, Mr. Austin have to say about Paul Morris? Uh, would you be surprised if I said he wasn't a fan? Right. Speaking of fanboys, oh, is that Anton Di Pasquale? Where? 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 I- I'm leaving the room now because uh, Anton, Anton. So if anything controversial is said, uh, blame, blame him. I'm going to find Anton. Bye, Warbster. Righto. So with Warbster out of the room, let's have a chat about things. Let's have a chat about things in general in motorsport. I'm not going to lay the boots into ADS because that's not fair. What I'm going to do is uh, what I'm going to do is give you some of my opinions on where I think things are with ADS. First thing I've got to say about ADS is I think it's an absolutely sensational concept because it gives people the opportunity to have a genuine chance at winning a prize that lets them get involved or lets them further uh, their racing. As we those of you that watched or we're aware at the Grand Prix, Lee Partridge did an outstanding job in uh, the ADS uh, Audi R8 in GT. A couple of races, he set fastest lap, overtook uh, the class car in the field, the brand new McLaren uh, driven by Fraser Ross um, a couple of times. So look, the, the car was quick, Lee was quick, and that was a result of his prize for winning the amateur section. What I will say is that um, the numbers that were talked about in the previous episode that Mr. Austin's refuted, I've done a little bit more research um, I actually know a couple of the driver coaches. I know what sort of money they were paid the days they were there. And these are guys who have got a fair bit of experience with uh, track days and product launches. And their words were that um, that the days were pretty extravagant. And, and you know, I, I think the numbers that we put forward with regard to potential costs, we might have been a bit shy on. Mr. Austin doesn't have to agree with that. Um, it's only an opinion. Um, I'm not. I'm not asserting anything. I'm offering an opinion. I'm a bit curious as to how the funding model is going to roll out. Um, I've got lots and lots of people telling me all sorts of things, and not a lot of them positive. And I'm not going to repeat them here yet because that's not fair to Aussie Driver Search. And the Warbster has done the right thing and the fair thing. And we do base the the things that we talk about on this podcast uh, on truth. What I will say is. It's still very much watch this space, and I absolutely sincerely hope for the sake of Australian motor racing and develop the development of drivers that it doesn't tip over. But um, yeah, what I'll finish this up with is it's really, really puzzling that we're currently the only people that are publicly prepared to genuinely ask the question, do the numbers stack up? I had a listen to the Aussie Driver Search podcast where uh, the guest was Kyle Austin, and it was a lovely puff piece. There was lots and lots of positive spin, but there's still an underlying doubt. As I keep saying, I hope it doesn't happen, and I wish all of last year's winners the best. I wish Aussie Driver Search management and staff and everyone associated with it the best, but um, there's nothing out there that refutes anything that... Uh, may or may not have been alleged. So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. Here we go. How's it going? It's Spanner here. If you can't do a proper burnout for shit, that brings tears to me eyes. If you're a complete spaz when it comes to circle work in your ute, well you're a bloody disgrace. If you think drifting's what happens when you turn the motor off in your tinny and just go with the tide, you should hang your head in shame. And if you've always wanted to drive a race ute in a proper race, you need to call 
driving you to Australia. Call 1-800-SPANNER, speak to me, and I'll get you hooked up with me next training day for driving you to Australia. We've got old Falcon Utes, we've got V8 Utes, I've even broken out the WB. If you feel really special, you might get a, you might get a lap in that. I haven't got none of them super utes because they're too expensive. And uh, oh, I was going to buy a jumpy truck, but Scrody lost his shit. And if I bring one in, he'll just get all upset again. If you want to have a shot at, you know, driving a proper race ute and shit, just uh, hit me up, 1-800-SPANNER, and uh, throw me some cash. And you might be lucky enough to win a drive in a race shoot next year. Drive you to Australia. Fucking get around it. is National Racing Roundup with, with the Warbster, the Sound Engineer and the DSO. Welcome back Warbster. Let's um let's start with Super 2 with a slightly thinner field although still produced some top action. It only took 3 corners for the first two seasons favorites to fall with future Holdsworth replacement Randall and Triple Eight Spud Kurt Kostecki fighting over the corner and not coming out the other side. Big winners from the weekend were Brody Kostecki. Is, is that the good one? That's the good one. Yep. Who uh, proved the wrong cousin was given the dollars to go to Triple Eight and has to be the biggest threat of the three to win a championship. Given his performances at the end of the year, no one should be surprised by this. Uh, the surprised emojis uh, are all better left to the new look Matt White Motorsport, whose fifth season veteran... Bryce Fullwood won two races at Adelaide and also featuring on the podium all three times of asking was his new teammate BJR refugee Zane Goddard. And so we ask again why the Nissans in the main series don't work. Uh, racing. Yes. Good good crop there. Really early in the championship. Looks like a couple of the boys are going to have to fight their way from the back. Randall will certainly pop back up at some point. I'm pretty sure he's uh, got something a bit uh, newer and a bit better under his and look, foot as, this year. And, and as, as we said last podcast, Warbster, I still agree that Super 2 looks a little bit thin. Let's see how they go over there on the on the brand new resurfaced driving under lights. Hopefully it doesn't rain. <laughs> Night's Super Sprint. Super 3, we touched on earlier, debuted at Phillip Island with lots of cars. Probably, I think, their highest number of entries ever in their five or six years of the series. Yep. A lot more talent taking the stage in a big way. Battle of the Race Academies came to a head. Uh, yes, with uh, Paul the Dude Morris protege, Brock Feeney winning the weekend opener, while ADS winner, Matt Howard... <laughs> Keith with a bronze in race two. Considering the standalone Aussie driver search team is also new to Super 3, that's not a bad effort at all. Well, technically they're not because they ran that car. Kyle Austin's driven that, has raced that car mm. in the old Super 2. The other two races were won by Matt White Motorsport, who won with last year's Formula Ford Championship runner-up Hamish Ruberts and returning 2018 race winner Zach Best, the young boy from Benalla. 
although they are in Fords. And the Nissan's not eligible yet. No, and hopefully it won't ever be. Mm. One wasn't dropped off the jacks without wheels, as has happened at the island before, so that's a hell of an improvement. Mm. Uh, the female contingent is also up in um, supercars racing, Super 3 especially, with Toyota 86 graduate Emily Duggan. Well, interestingly, she's not just a graduate, because she's still running the 86, running a running a dual program of Super 3 and the 86. Mm. So for somebody that was struggling for budget, Two years ago, not quite sure where all the coins coming from, but uh, uh, I'd say there's probably some dude dollars yeah, happening but there. Not, well, uh, she's a an associate academy scholarship winner, I believe. So yeah, look, good work, M. And karting champion Madeline Stewart debuting and finishing all three races. Uh, Maddie Stewart is racing for BJR. She's in one of the BJR cars. Yep. First time in a racing car out of carts. Yep. And um, New Zealand carts, brew. No, no mean. <laughs> cheers, brew. Uh, no mean feat to jump into a Super Three car and wrestle it around. So, look, both are genuine talents. They do face a tougher transition, bigger, heavier, more powerful cars, but. It's actually looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Super Three is probably um, the the one to keep an eye on for this year because, um, as always, these people will filter up to Super Two eventually, and um, obviously filter up to the main series after that. Feeney's probably the one to keep an eye on. We'll be very interested to see what happens with Matt Powers this year, given yep. um, his path here, mm-hmm. and hopefully everything works out in that direction. As um, the one you did miss was. Um Another young kid out of carts, Matt McLean, who uh, had a weekend to forget. He car to car contact a few times and tried to put a fairly brave move on dr- coming up drivers left on the run towards the hay shed with John McCorkendale, which uh, was pretty close to ending in tears, but luckily didn't. So, yeah, look, Super 3 is looking pretty good. I've got to be a bit more. Uh, you got to sound more blokey and less yeah. Barry White, you know? Warpster? Yeah, mate, yeah. Right on. It's up. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Boys from the bush, three. Been shearing sheep. We've been mustering stock. We've been culling our roots. We've been spraying the crops. We've been droving cattle up an old stock route. Now it's Saturday night. Boys-from-the-bush-and-we're-back-in-town. The super ute world is like supercars. Why, because they're boring like supercars? Nope, because they're all obsessed with centre of fucking gravity. The Warpster sent me this information on what they're doing to the uh, utes. Uh, new suspension units to lower the right height 10mm from Perth. Yeah, you know those you know those big ass wheels you see at the Jenny Ute Master? Yeah, 20 yeah. inches. Yeah, that's the one. They're, yeah. they're running them from Winton. So... They're going away from, like, you know, truck tyres to actual race car tyres. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, only about a year and a half late. Yeah. Yeah. So, two blokes won races, and the reigning champ, Royal Harris, won the most. Uh, he's also driving a car that handles nearly as badly as a Super U. An old American car? Yeah, he's driving a Camaro in 2CM. 
absolutely smashing it. Should have seen him at Phillip Island where he was oh, yeah. absolutely smashing it. No, right. what about the jumpy trucks? Well, in the jumpy trucks, Matty Brabs has two wins and two seconds from six races held and is looking pretty unstoppable so far this year. Oh, cool. Cool, he's way faster than the bridey. When are they coming to race here? They're not. What? The series is pulled out of Australia. Ah! But, but you said they was going to come back to Australia's. Yeah, Morris has pulled the pins, Grady. This is, this is fucking bullshit. I want to see the jumpy trucks. I know this your is... favourites, Grady. Calm down, son. They're my favourite. You don't understand. All I care about is the super trucks. Bloody hell, I didn't know Scrady cared that much. This could take a while. Back to the flogs at Podcast HQ. Thanks guys, and Spanner raises a good point about Roel Harris, who is doubling up with a Camaro drive in the Painter Dixon Touring Car Masters, and lies third in the standings behind Racing Insider's Page Lurker, Adam Bressington, and the Scotty Mack of TCM, and another previous Racing Insider's visitor, Stevie J. Alrighty, so uh, Mustang Sally's building a case to be in the conversation along with the Ricky Dello Alpha, the Gagan Mustang and HRT Golden Child as the most successful chassis in Australian racing history and at this point Team Johnson can take their time with the XD they're building. Mm, yes, I think Sally's been through a few sets of hands and just seems to just keep winning races. Yep. Um, and again, it's, it's old generation technology compared to some of the newer Mustangs mm. but the team have an absolute handle on it and it just suits Stephen's driving style to a T. And um, it's not like previous occupants of that seat, like people, John Bow, for example, and Stevie J are pretty good behind the wheel. Absolutely. So that probably helps as well. Um, other than that, the variety of cars is up with the Mercury Comet and Capri Piranha joining in and making the TCM paddock a lot more varied than the era it intended to replicate. Yeah, no... Um no Porsches this year, so um, it's all essentially um, big bangers. And uh, TCM's, they're down on numbers a little bit. I think they were down to 22 at Phillip Island, so mm. that's another series that's fallen away a little bit. Um, Probably the cost of cars going up doesn't help. Well, it's interesting. People are now starting to say what we've been hinting at for, for oh, since the start of the podcast. They really just are, under the skin, supercars um, in an old tin body. Mm. Uh, and they are throwing astronomical amounts of money at them. Yeah, well, I don't want to think about how much the Zakanovich just throw at that bloody XD. Sorry, they own two. Two? They built two. There's a hint for you. Mm. They built two, and uh, not a lot of change out of half just to build them. Mm. Talking about other support or national categories on the support card, Warbster, yep. we've only got one question about Carrera Cup Australia. Winning usually, that's where the love is. Yes. Um, Nick McBride took all three at Adelaide and Dale had the wood on everyone twice at the Grand Prix, but Jordan Love is on a sixth race winning streak that sees him hounding the ever-consistent Dale Wood in the season standings. And strangely enough, the two winningest teams currently in Carrera Cup are Sonic Motor Racing Services and McElroy Racing. Mm. What, a, what a surprise you'd have there. No, not so, at all. so it seems if you're not uh, if you're not if you're not running with Andy McElray or Mick Ritter, you uh, you ain't going nowhere. Yep. 
Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm certain other cars' paces have um, hit the wall. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so, Warbster, as part of the national roundup, it's fairly important that we talk about the fastest growing series V8 series in Australia, TA2, mm. where you can buy a crate car with a crate engine and have a crate old time. TA2 have had a couple of rounds. They kicked off the year at Eastern Creek next to the tip where it stinks and they've had a second round at Morgan Park as part of the AMRS series. Aaron, third generation racer Aaron Seaton currently leads the series on 432 points. But um, what's interesting, we mentioned Hamish Ribberts. The guy who beat Hamish Ribberts in Formula Ford last year at the final round at Sydney Motorsport Park. Young uh, Nath- the, the, world's, the world's closest. The world's closest Formula Ford finish, yep. yep, that's uh, yep. 16-year-old Nathan Hearn from Lismore in New South Wales in his Dodge Challenger took a race win in his uh, only sixth ever start in TA2. Big ups to Nath for that. And uh, while we're on it, Warbster, I'm not sure you'll able to put this link together but i think i can mm-hmm. what do touring car masters and ta2 have in common apart from v8 engines they don't have super in their name there's a well i was gonna say you'd pick that of anybody mm. no no so apart from v8 engines and looking like old school muscle cars somebody named satan had a go in both of them yeah that's good yeah you're mm. going really well yep both of them look better than the mustang in supercars well, that's a given. They've both got Mustangs. <laughs> They've both got Camaros. Both haven't, got... haven't seen any Dodge Challengers in, T- in TCM, though. So, Wolves, to the only other category that we really care about is uh, Australia's premier feeder category for junior races. Formula, Formula, F- Formula 4. Formula, no, no. Formula 4 de. Formula 4 de. Celebrating its 50th year. In Australia. Okay. Right. So, uh, yeah, round one for Formula Ford was at Sydney Motorsport Park uh, or Eastern Creek next to the tip where it stinks. Three winners out of three races. Zach Suter from Melbourne taking out race one. 16-year-old Tommy Sargent from Young in New South Wales taking out race two. And a kid whose name everybody needs to look out for, Callum Hedge. 15 years and five months from New Zealand. I may have mentioned him previously. His patron is Mark Petch. Ooh, that's a familiar name for uh, the old salt. Uh, he ran ran the Volvo team that Robbie Francovic uh, raced for. And run, won the Australian Touring Car Championship in. Did indeed. Callum Hedge has become the youngest ever winner of uh, National Round in Australian Formula Ford, taking out race three. Uh, Tommy Sargent sits atop of the char- uh, top of the point score from Callum Hedge and Zach Souter. The young kids will be in action in a week or two at Queensland Raceway. And then... Uh, I believe they're heading to Winton as a support for the supercars round. Righto. So uh, that's that. And Warbster, I reckon we're just about done. It's our uh, our next show will be... (laughs) A lot shorter. Our next show will be a lot shorter, yeah. We've merged a couple of episodes into one. Um, It'll come back a lot better when I edit it all out. Until then, he's the Warbster. Uh, I'm the DSO. No, I'm the DSO. <laughs> and the sound and the sound en- and the sound engineer's off getting his centre of gravity checked. And we really do need an actual driver on this show. So anyway, we'll do some page plugs for the DSO www.facebook.com slash podcast DSO. And for the Warbstar, head to www.facebook.com backslash Racing Insiders. And for the Sanded News. Ah, stuffing. He's not here. So once again, we'd like to thank Melbourne funk band Lake Minnetonka for allowing us to use their tracks. Some of you may have noticed a new new opening theme. It's a a little track with a a bit of a favourite of mine called Money Runs Out. 
we'd like to dedicate that to uh, all of the driving academies out there. And uh, that's about it from me. <laughs>